and welcome back to Now Screaming, Episode 2. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This is our second episode. Uh, Thanks for coming back, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed our first, which is about Scream 2. This week, we're going to be talking about The Curse of Sleeping Beauty. This is, uh, this is basically the, the gamble that we're, we're doing by yes. this opening was, ourselves up to we all of the from, horror movies. We went from really up to really down in the span of two weeks. One of the best to one of possibly the worst. I don't know. Don't say that. It could get a lot worse from here. <laughs> That's true. No, this is pretty bad. <laughs> so from the outset, we're going to go ahead and say, spoilers, we're going to be talking about The Curse of Sleeping Beauty in mm-hmm. its entirety, but... You shouldn't watch this one. No, you can. We can definitely be the ones in charge of uh, letting you know. Yeah, so don't, well, don't worry about worry watching about this one. one. <laughs> uh, don't go watch it. No. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. So mm-hmm. you Do ready you? to go? Yes. I know you want to start. I know you have a lot to say about this movie. I think we both have a lot to say. The Curse of Sleeping Beauty is a movie from this year, 2016. It came out in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, direct to video, as far as I can tell. And Netflix has been pushing it. I'm really happy that we're getting it out of the way right now because Netflix tells me to watch it whenever I am scrolling through. It's like, because you watched Scream 2, because you watched literally any other movie, it really wanted me to watch Curse. So now I can put it aside. Now you've done it. Netflix will leave me alone. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Please. So we're going to watch so much for this podcast that it's going to, it's going to mess up all your recommendations. (laughs) That's fine. As long as I rate things properly, Netflix should know. So, this movie is, you know, an hour and 20 minutes at most. That is, I will say, the best thing that it has going for it is that it is short. It is mercifully short. Yeah. It, uh, it as, you, as you might imagine, is kind of based on Sleeping Beauty. Kind of. It's also, apparently, according to the credits, based on a comic book. But I, when researching, could not find... A single thing. I found it. It was written by the director, Harry Reginald Teo. Yeah, so okay. So this was written. This movie was written and directed by Perry Reginald Teo, or Perry Teo, and his Wikipedia says he is considered the first Singaporean director to make a major Hollywood film. I mean, I guess shouts out to that guy. Congratulations. I guess (laughs) he could do better, probably. His other credits include. Ghost Hunters, which is a, it's like a, a mockbuster, you know, like um, the Asylum does movies like this where yeah. a popular movie will come out and then they'll do a knockoff for people to mistakenly pick up <laughs> and uh, so watch. Horrible and dishonest. Oh, it's how, it's how so many, so many <laughs> bad movies are made. But it's Ghost Hunters. It's the, it's the Ghostbusters mockbuster. That's hilarious. Strange Blood, Dracula, oh, The Dark Prince. Classics, classics. The all. Evil Inside, Witchville. <laughs> The Gene Generation? So none of these were blockbusters. This is the first blockbuster. Or are any of those the blockbusters? I don't know. I don't know what which of his films is, not a is the major Hollywood film that makes him oh, this trailblazer. I guess we will never know. Because I don't ever want to talk about this movie ever again after this happens. Poor Perry Teo, but you you didn't do good, dude. No, no. I'm sorry, but... So we're just going to yeah, work so our way through this movie? Let's, let's talk about it. So it's about a man named Thomas Kaiser... Yes, Kaiser, yes. Who is having strange dreams. He has yes. sleep paralysis, and which, he goes to a which therapist. actually probably legitimately was kind of scary. That was yeah. probably the best part of the beginning of this movie, at least, was like, 
I didn't understand what was happening at first, but like the sleep paralysis, the way that the way that they like represented the sleep paralysis visually and using sound was actually legitimately like kind of scary. I thought that was well done, but it, that's, that's so in these dreams, <laughs> what happens is that he's in ancient Egypt and he's trying to kiss this girl. That's all we know at this point is this girl. Yeah, it, it and he can't do it. He wakes weirdly up. Weirdly, vaguely Egyptian. I don't understand. It's, it's it at strangely all. Egyptian. It's really strangely Egyptian. Which we'll get to later that makes even less sense. But yes. Um, he's trying to kiss this girl. He always wakes and up. And she's like, she, she's not just a girl. She's like surrounded by Egyptian statue guards. And she's in like, in the first movie series, she's in like the netting, right? She's in yes. like a little mini palace. And she's got huge fake eyelashes. She's and like lipstick. Lolicon goth. Like. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like crazy eye makeup and the hair just not. And he looks like a regular dude. He's not like dressed up like a prince. No. He's like wandering into this weird. He looks like Lucas Haas, which. Liz has mentioned that she doesn't know who that is. I don't know who that is. He's in the pussy posse. All I just wrote was bland white dude. He is bland. Are you, do you know who it is? No. It's Ethan Peck, grandson of Gregory Peck. Oh no. Yes. That's so sad. Yes. Oh no. Oh, uh, the this, legacy does not look This is on. one of his first leading roles. He's used to being a, a side character. He probably works better. He was in an ABC family show called 10 Things I Hate About You. No, uh I watched 10 Things I Hate About You. Who I'm was so he? I'm so sorry. Who was he? He was the Heath Ledger character. Oh my god. Oh, I watched that show for a season. I don't remember who anybody was though except for the girl. Anyway, so he's bland and I'm so sorry that this is Gregory Peck's legacy. It's very um, sad. It's very sad. Um, no, let's be fair to him. He's he's fine. He's just really wooden. He like doesn't Yeah, most I, Honestly, actually, most of the terrible things with his character are due to the writing. Because I did, I do think he's one of the stupidest and worst horror movie characters, like, ever. I think that his, his actions make absolutely zero sense. They're just so bad. But that is probably more down to the writing than this actual action. So let's get into it. Yeah. He's got the sleep paralysis. He's having these dreams. He's going to therapists. He's seen several therapists because the, the one that he goes to in the movie says, you know, you, you keep doing this. Clearly your problem is you... He isolates himself. You isolate yourself. You need to like stop. Here's the thing. I liked her. This movie did a really weird thing oh. where it kept introducing characters that I really liked and then they would go away forever. His friend who came in and was like, I'm a really good friend to you. I like want you... I went out and bought your groceries for you because all you do is sit in your house and paint. And I want you to come out with me tonight. Wait, he's a painter. Karaoke. But that, that never gets brought up again. He like, he's not a painter. Is he just painting because... All he does is sit in his house. He's, like, really depressed. I guess. Like, we don't know. Anyway, the therapist, he's convinced, is like, no, this woman is sleeping beauty. He calls her that. Uh, <laughs> I need to kiss her in my dreams. And the therapist is like, that's not a real problem. No. You have problems in your actual life. Yeah. You and should be working on these. You're having these dreams because you have, like, you're totally self-isolating. And he's like, no, the dreams are the problem. <laughs> I need to get to this girl. I need her to wake up. Yeah. And then, coincidentally, magically... He gets a phone call. A that, phone call. That hit his uncle, who he has never met, has died, uh, and left him this house. Yes. And like an idiot. Do we know where it is? Do we know where any of this is? Uh, no. Vague Ameritown, and then he goes to vague Ameri-country, rural town. He's in, presumably, he's presumably in a city before. His uncle's name is Clive. Clive Kaiser. Clive Kaiser. Who dies. 
So he goes to well, get no, the will. Well, he leaves him this idiotic letter. It's a, it's, a, it's a will that comes with a letter. The will just says, basically, you have, the you have this house. property called Kaiser Gardens. The letter is just the worst part, because the letter is like, <laughs> I killed myself because this house is the worst. So now it's yours. Yippee. And specifically <laughs> says, this will, this will come up, it specifically says in the letter, there's secrets in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's cursed. It's cursed. Um, I take care of it. I threw myself into a river to escape it. So, but enjoy the last line of this will, which is done in voiceover as he's driving through the darkness to Kaiser Gardens. Yeah, is may the spirits be on your side, which is the worst last line of a will ever. Because <laughs> what the goes, fuck if they're not? What do you mean may the spirits be on your and side? He goes like a dumbass in, in the, the middle of the dark, night. Dark in the middle of the night. Busts into the house. He doesn't have the keys he yet the because keys it's yet. the middle of the night. He doesn't like waiting. His, he, like, tells his friend, like, look after my paintings like they're animals or something. He does. His friend comes in, and he's like, where, where are you going? I'm, I'm like, leaving. I'm going to Look after my paintings. Like, no. So, he's stupid. He breaks in and then spends the night in the house. Yes. Like, why? This is what I, I literally yeah. wrote down. So, why would you go? Can we also talk about, can we go back, steps back for one second? Because the first time I, this movie had a fairly consistent tone so far mm -hmm. that was like just darkness and drabness and the sleep paralysis and then he had this scene in the law office with this woman yeah who was weirdly cartoonishly funny like i, didn't, I couldn't figure whether i liked her or not because i thought she was very funny does he go there after no he goes there first he, he gets the phone call from this like law office he goes and she's like here's the deed I didn't know your uncle. We just processed the papers. Oh. I'll, I will send you someone to uh, appraise, appraise it, like, for a price, lol. And then he leaves, and she's like, I'll send someone in the morning, because I'm not going down there myself. And it was, and it's weirdly, like, funny, and this law office is like, if someone had never seen a law office, but just knew vaguely that a law office should have like people running in the bath in the, in the in the background and like phones ringing just like they're so busy like people yeah. are dying constantly and like everyone's <laughs> suing each other in this town like this law office is just like a hub of activity it's very weirdly placed in this movie and then that character who i was like she's kind of funny and she's kind of like a, a she's not just the one to hand on the paper she's got her own character right she just goes away and never comes back like, well, because that night he goes, he drives to Kaiser Gardens, breaks in, wanders around. There are mannequins everywhere. Wait, before the mannequins. There are mannequins everywhere, though. He First thing, he, he gets into the house, and there's a really, actually, like, one of the better scenes of the movie is that there's, like, a, a shadow guy in the background, and it oh, moves away. It actually no. starts off like it's going to be pretty he's scary. in the basement, and the door is banging. Yeah, yeah. No, he's in the house. The, 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 the basement door is banging. He's yes. still on the, on, the, on the first level. No, no, he's in the basement. He's looking up at the basement door because it's slamming back and forth. Sorry, it clapped. The basement door is slamming back and forth, and he's looking up at it, and it's just slamming and slamming. And on like one of the slams, when it slams open, there's this really dark figure. Oh no, and this I is had... before that. Okay, no, okay, this okay, is when okay, he okay. first gets in the house. It sets this tone of like, oh, there's something in here. It's scary. It's really scary. Before he even investigates the basement. Yeah. Which he seems to have forgotten that the fucking letter says there's secrets in the basement. And later, when they're talking about this letter, we'll get we'll get to this. Yeah, like, I mean, he hasn't like. He doesn't know anything. Is that like the letter is like this place is terrible and I killed myself and he's like I can't wait to go and spend the night there. Like he doesn't seem to think at all about this. Maybe he just doesn't take it seriously. He's like, oh well, my uncle was an idiot. I never yeah. met him. Maybe he's totally wrong. It's just the fact that he goes in the dark. He has this really creepy experience and then he spends the night. 
Like, where did he get the sheets from? Is this just his uncle's bed? Like, yeah. what did he do? Apparently. Okay, so he does investigate. Not Nothing happens that first night, but there's mannequins. And the, yes, and there's the house just, is busted. It's not it's a, terrible a nice shape. place to yeah. live, and there are mannequins everywhere. Everywhere. Just like, yeah. It is the creepiest place just ever. Just plain white mannequins. Life. They look, like, there's nothing weird about well, them they, other than mannequins are Are creepy. they really in pieces at all? Because no, later no, on, no. they're kind of like later scattered yeah. in pieces. Okay, right now, they're just... Well, the, we're going to get there. It's fine. They're just mannequins. It's creepy. I wrote down it that it was actually, specifically creepy, but yes. I think that's like the, the uncanny valley, you know, like... Mannequins are What's the word for that? You had a word for fear of things that pretend to be human. It's uncanny valley. No, there's a phobia word. Do you remember? <gasps> oh, it's automatonophobia. Automatonophobia. Yeah, that is the fear of mannequins. That's very true. Yeah, fear of things that like pretend to be human or... Yes. Simulate being Simulate human. being human. Okay. So his first night, uh, he does have the same nightmare, but he kisses her this time. Yes. He does kiss her. She wakes up. She's like, thank you. So- now we can be closer together because you're in the house. Yes. And now you're even closer to like breaking the curse. You have to find me and wake me find up. Find me, wake me up. We can be together in the dreams now. And it's also just so weird. He looks like a normal human being and she looks like a weird doll. She looks like a doll. She has porcelain skin. She's got the big, like I said, the big eyelashes with stuff on the end of them. Blue lipstick. Like, these people, he, we'll talk more about it, but he, like, actually loves her. Like, or he's, he thinks he does. He has this connection to her. And it, but, but seeing them side by side, it's, like, so surreal. She, one, she looks a lot younger than him. She looks like a child. Yes. And, um, and he looks like an adult. And so there's just whole weird aspect to it that like when it's just it's i hated any moment that he was in the dream because it was just so horrible and creepy and not good fun fact it's india isley plays briar rose she she when she wakes up she says her name is briar rose briar rose yes uh it's india isley from secret life of the american teenager which i didn't watch she's a main character she plays ashley jurgens she's yeah not important but she is a lot younger than uh, ethan peck so yes she's like 20 right she's 22 i did look her up She's 22. She doesn't do well. We shouldn't credit her. There's a thing later that happens that's more interesting that's not yeah. built on. But. but but she's got she's also got a very um, fake, because she's not from England. She's yeah. a very fake British accent like, oh, Thomas, you have to save me from the from whatever I'm, I don't know. She's keeping me captive. And then she like sees something over his shoulder and she's like, they're coming. Please help me. Like, it's just the worst fake British accent anyone's ever heard. Anyway. The next day, we're going to get way too lost in the recap of this. It's fine. The next day, there's... I don't remember what happens first. First, the appraiser comes. And, and he's like, this place is a mess. Like, it's a joke. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, I got to go do some stuff. And he says, like, as he's leaving, the strangest thing in the world. He's like, you know, I know... What is it? You know, the basement. I think there's more to it. I've seen a lot of houses. And from my work on houses, there's yes. more to this square footage to this basement than, I, than yeah, you well, can they, see. Yeah, well, they look at the blueprints. Yeah, like look at the, the blueprints, and he's like, you know, this place I, is smaller than it's. I was down the there. There's more to that. Ba- like, he's just experienced with houses. Like, what do you? No, no, he like no. You can, you would know that if you were in this apartment, you've seen a blueprint for this apartment, and you were like, wait a second, there's all supposed to be a whole nother room next to the kitchen. Where is that room? Because when I come up the stairs, it's it's not there. Like, you know, you would you would know conceptually, especially if you were an appraiser. And if I was an appraiser, it would not be the last thing I said to someone before I walked <laughs> the fuck away. True. Oh, by the way, uh, there's a secret room down there. Enjoy your life. But he's, he's going away to get, like, an electrician so they can start talking about how to sure. fix up the house. She goes back in, or he goes back in, and I think 
There's a woman there. Is she just there? I think so. I don't remember. Because he gets a little freaked out by like why she's there. There's like a weird moment of... Yes. And she's also behaving extremely suspiciously for reasons yes. that will later become so, evident. So, this is a woman named Linda. Linda. She is a realtor. So she's here to help him sell yes. the house. But she's being weird as fuck. Like, she's... She's like, oh, where did she's, you... She's like, oh, do, do, do you possibly have that that letter from your uncle on you? Yeah. Oh, 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 no. Um, and then he'll ask her a question and she'll be like... Oh, oh, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, you have a lot of mannequins here. Okay, goodbye. And so she's just behaving so strangely. Um, so Linda specifically asks, oh, like, why are you here? Oh, your un- this was your uncle's house? Does, do you, do you have, like, any, did, he, did you did know him? Did he give you anything? Yeah. Like, oh, you have a letter? Can I see the Can letter? I see the letter? And he's oh, like. It's in my car. Yeah, whatever. Like, oh, no, never mind. Um, so, and then she'll just be like, leave these long silences. And she's like, oh, there's a lot of mannequins here. Um, bye. And then yeah. she just like runs away. So then he goes down to the, I guess, like the county clerk's office. Yes. He's like, tell me about Kaiser Gardens. Yeah. Well, well it's another one of those, like, the most classic kind of, like, Oh, no, he's like, tell me about this property like, at yeah. this address. And she's like, what's the address? And he tells her, and then he's like, oh, it's also called Kaiser Gardens. And she's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kaiser Gardens. And this is a different woman who also kind of had a weird, fleshed out character who then went away forever. I think this happened many times. The therapist, yeah. the law clerk woman, this, this woman... And I'm glad it didn't happen to Linda because Linda yeah. is what was interesting. She's a character. And Linda does come back and she's a real character. But it kept happening where I was like, one, it was like, I think I saw someone somewhere characterize this as like, it's like a CW show. I said that. You said that? Okay. It's um, in my notes. It's like a CW show because every woman looks like she could be a leading lady. Absolutely. But, but she's not. And that is very classic CW show. And it's lit like a CW hire, show? It's like so cheap. They only hire hot girls. And so every woman looks like they're going to be the main character or like a lead character, and then they're not. So it's, it's really weird and surreal. So he's there all night. He reads, you know, all the, the notes they have about Kaiser Gardens, finds out that like some people disappeared or something. A like, lot of people. A lot of people, like over the years, there's like some weird scrawled notes that he's like, oh, I got to go home because I'm just sitting in this library. No, no. Yeah. When does he find out that it's Linda's handwriting? Not until he sees her again. She's like waiting for he him. He goes, no, he goes to find her. Really? He's waiting outside her apartment like a creep. Remember, she walks up and she's like, oh, hey, what's the deal? And he's like, your handwriting was on all of these notes. And they go back together, don't they? Or no, no, no. That's when he has his like attack. Yeah, okay, so let's get, okay. So I really don't want to get mired into the details of this fucking movie. It really doesn't matter. This podcast they, is going to be go longer than together, this movie. Though. They go back together. Yes. So that he's out. I apparently he's outside of her apartment. He's yes. waiting by his car for her. Yes. He sort of ambushes her. Yes. He has a fucking aneurysm. Some kind of. Fit. He like falls to the ground. And they kind of realize it's because he's spent. He, it happens well, to him in the law in the county clerk office too. Is that why he leaves? Yeah, well, no, he, re- he leaves because he realizes the, note, the notes are hers. Okay. He's like, I gotta go find her. Yeah. Don't know how he finds her. It's, it's a mystery. But uh, It's a plot hole. It's not a mystery. And then she's, she says something like, did, she doesn't reveal her backstory there, right? They're fighting about it. And then he has his attack. He goes to the hospital. And then she takes him back. He has, he has another dream where Briar Rose is like, you left the house. You cannot physically be away from me. Go back to the house right now or else you'll die. Yes. So then, she, so then, apparently, like she tells him, Linda tells him later that he woke up, screamed, "I need to go back to Kaiser Gardens." So she takes him back. So they're in the house together. And the it's next, the next day, morning when he wakes up, she's there. Yeah, and I forgot. 
a thing, unfortunately. I really should have talked about this. In his letter from his uncle, there's something about the the house being important to their bloodline. Yes. And as I, I texted Liz when I was watching this, that I wish our podcast had episode titles because this one would be called Bloodline. Yeah, it is the central focus. And this house has only belonged. He can't even find the, the oldest known person who owned this house. Like, it's it been in his family since before records even existed. Like, presumably from the beginning of America. They've, they've, the Kaiser family has owned this house. So anyway, they're in this... this uh the house the next morning she starts talking about why she cares and i actually i i wrote this down too i had to watch the scene where she gives her exposition three times because (laughs) i kept getting so bored i tuned it out and was doing something on my phone because pretty typical she's whispering and she's like you know my brother my brother disappeared he disappeared in this house in this house and there's a flashback sequence. There's a miniature flashback yes. sequence of her brother and his girlfriend being in the house for some sneaking reason, sneaking into the house on, yeah. a, on a dare. This yeah. is this is that house. This is the house where kids from the town, from this tiny little rural town, break into break into as a dare and spend the night. And urban forever. legends yes, happen. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So he's missing. She thinks he could still be alive. Like I don't know what her I don't know what her plan is. Like, and that's she's like that's why he became a realtor so that I could get access to this house. Mm-hmm. She's like, I went away, went to realtor school and yes. came back here to be, uh, just in case your uncle ever died and I could be the realtor for this house, which so is a weird backstory. They decide to start poking around. Now that he has like her they encouragement, they go into the basement or is he alone? No, they're, they're there together. I don't know if they're in the basement together. When they find the altar, they're together. Okay. So they go into the basement, they push a bookcase out of the way. I don't know why they're just like, I don't even remember yeah. this part. <laughs> They, put, they push a bookcase out of the way. They find a weird little altar. Yes. Thomas inexplicably says bloodline and like cuts his thumb on this like weird little altar. I hate this movie. He's like bloodline. Bloodline. Wait, can we get a look at that letter again from your uncle? And that's when shit happens. Um, As in the mannequins attack. Yes. So they, they find this secret thing behind the, the bookcase. They go into it for two seconds Linda's like, let me see that letter. Finally, it's time. All right, it's still in my car. So they're going to leave, and then they get attacked by mannequins in the same way it's like the um, oh, this, uh, the crying angels, weeping angels from Doctor Who, mm-hmm. where like every time they turn back, they've gotten closer. Yes, it does do that. Because, of course, at this point, they're not really sure. Nothing. This is the first time the mannequins like come to life in any kind yes, of way. They're just normal mannequins. So, yeah, which is weird. But like, there's this, this, this is when they're like, wait a second, did that mannequin just move? Again, the mannequins are creepy. That yeah. is the aspect of this movie that's like actually pretty terrifying. Even though the terrifying aspect comes with this like weird question of like why are there so many mannequins? It's not like the uncle was like I don't know, a mannequin salesman. Like what? No. There's no answer for this. There's just hundreds of mannequins around this house for no reason. So boom, we're off. Zero to 100 real fucking quick. Yeah, and then they run out of the house. Yes. Well, barely. They have to, like, crawl out of the basement because there are the mannequins that get closer to them. And then there's a living mannequin monster yes. who's, like, they have to fight off, Who kind of. clawing at them. Yeah. yeah. This, okay. Oh, my God. I hate this movie. Me too. This is a movie about mannequin monsters. It really is. But it's not. Because no. it's also about no. a million other things. No. It's a movie about mannequin monsters. That is the central villain if you thought this was about Sleeping Beauty, which I did, at this point, I don't know, maybe a half an hour in, I don't know, 
Maybe, maybe a little bit more. God, this movie feels so long because nothing happens. They, they spend so much time. I disagree. I thought staring felt, at each other and at the walls. I thought it felt and, short. I thought it actually felt very short because there was a point where I looked at the time and I only had like 30 minutes left. And then the last 30 minutes feel like two hours. The, it's but excruciating. the first beginning no. part, I think, goes pretty quickly. Anyway. Maybe because I wasn't They run attention. out of the house. <laughs> you went, what? Maybe because I wasn't paying attention. Oh. <laughs> I paid a lot of attention, unfortunately, except for the one part. They run out of the house because they're being chased by mannequin monsters now. It is officially supernatural and scary. Horror movie. They time. jump into the car of an old guy who Senator just happens Kelly to be... Kelly from X-Men. Yes. <laughs> uh, Academy Award nominee, Bruce Davison. Who I love. He is the best part of this movie. He's terrible in this movie. I don't know. I love him. I think okay. he's great. I have an entire section of notes that is just quotes for him. We'll I get love to it. it shortly. I love him. Oh my God. It is, but he's just waiting for her because she contacted him. They have a relationship. They have a relationship. They have a, well, not that kind of relationship. Have they, they met? No, they've never met in They've person, never met, but they, they have talked each other a lot. Shit. They have like, he knows things about her though. He has like, he knows about her romantic relationships. So they're, they're like friends. They're buddies. And he's there just in case she needed help. So they just hop right in his car and then they drive off together and he's gonna, he, he is the expert. He is the like monster expert on whatever it is their problem they're having, we get which there. we don't even know yet. So they're in the car, they're driving, they're talking in the car, I don't care. They go back to his dark room, they're in a dark room, where he has strung up all these photos of things, like in the windows of the house, like their shadowy figures, and he delivers this great line. So this is the first of many quotes. This is the exposition of this movie, this is what we're dealing with. There are three kinds of beings. Angels are created by light. Humans are created by clay. And jinns are created by fire. They just take that at face value. Just like, oh, there are three kinds of beings. Good to know I'm made of clay. Um, you are made of clay. That's, that's biblical, man. That's not made up by this movie. That is like, that is a, that is a thing if we are operating on, which we are, uh, religious texts. This movie is about religion in like a lot of ways. Not yet. It's going to be though, and this is what they're setting up: is that and and in religion, man is made of mud. He's made of dirt and dust and mud and the and the earth. That is actually legitimate. I don't think there's any religion that thinks there are only three kinds of beings. Yes. But that at least you are religiously made of mud. That is that is. They don't question this though. They're just like, oh yes, angels are made of light and jinns are made of fire. There are three kinds of beings. He's the expert. Why are they going to question him? He spent his entire life studying this. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't have to. Okay, in a normal movie... <laughs> yes, in a normal there movie. There would be a skeptical character who would be like, Hold on, man. What are you saying to me? Why is this, why is this character black? I don't know. <laughs> why is this the... Is this, yes, it would, be said by, it would be said by the character in this movie who does not exist, who is the... What's the word? Funny character. The jo- joking... We were, we were talking about this last week. Comic relief. Comic relief character who does not really exist in this movie. It might be a character that's coming later, but he is barely in the movie. Well, to the, to that point, this movie takes itself pretty seriously. It does. It thinks that it's telling a serious, scary story here. Yes. I just don't know why they would argue with him. That just that wouldn't make sense to me. They're terrified out of their minds. They know nothing about this. Usually in a movie, when a character, expert or not, says something that challenges or questions the reality that a normal human being knows, they at least take a second to think about it. They're like, oh, ghosts are real? Aliens are a thing? That's true. They don't even think about they it. They were just attacked by mannequins. They're not in a position to question whatever he's saying. 
I guess. I guess in better movies, I I don't know. Yes. Well, better movies are better. This movie, I don't. I just don't think that's his. If there's anybody who is should be taken seriously in this movie, it's Richard, because the other, specifically Thomas, if he was like, wait a second, dude, you think you know what you're talking about? You think that angels are real? I'd be like, Thomas, you're just attacked by mannequins. Like, give this guy who's been studying it his entire life a break. He knows more than you because you don't know anything. So they've decided, Richard has figured out that there's a gin or gins in the house. D-J-I-N-N, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if people know what gins are. I, don't, yeah. I assume, but... It's, yeah, it's like... like a genie. It's a genie, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's really the, the, the cool thing about gin is that that's where, like, the that's, the... that's where the... That's the cool thing about genies is that gin is the root of that word. Yes. So, yeah, but not really in this movie. That's not really what it's... That's really irrelevant, about. no. But gins are made by fire and something's going on in the house. I don't really remember how this happens. We can. I feel like I'm trying to push forward all the time, and you're like, "No, let's get into it." There's a book. The Quran? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a book of like drawings and like weird arcane shit. It's just Richard's. It's Richard just Richard's is, book. Yeah, Richard is. Uh, he has all this knowledge, and he's like, no because. <sighs> I guess. Is it doesn't belong to Daniel? Does it? They're not Daniel yet. Okay. Their listeners don't know who Daniel is. I know. That's why I was going to bring him up. because he's he, No, he comes because before that, again, I'm, I'm going through this because my notes have uh, quotes uh-huh. or quotations. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. The, they're looking through this book and Thomas is like, oh, I've seen this in my dream. Like this thing. What thing? What does he see in his dream? It's a, it's a face. I don't know. When has he seen that face in his dreams? He only dreams about Briar Rose. Then why does why do they stop on it? I don't know. I I don't remember any of this. I okay. They're looking at this book. They come upon a page like in every everyone's seen this scene in a movie where they like find the thing and the arcane text and like that's the thing. Ready yes. for another Richard quote? Yes, I am. I've seen this face before in ancient drawings in my trips to Jordan. She's called Shaitan Al Hayal Shabbat, which translates into the veiled demon. In Greek mythology, she's the female version of Eros. You this entire thing. We don't need to hear this. He's smart. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> this must be the source of the haunting. He identifies this from this book. You let me finish the quotation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen this face before in drawings on my trips to Jordan. This is her name. This is the Greek counterpart. Yeah. This must be the source of the haunting. His logic is completely insane. No, I disagree. You just like this character. I like, yeah, no, I like, I really, I wrote down, I really like when Richard comes into it. I think that the second they establish a team, and I'm not just forced to look at Thomas the entire time. Fair. I really like Richard. I really like Linda. Uh, and I like the character we're going to talk about next. I like when they become a little bit more of a team, because I hate Thomas. Let's get to my, the core of my problem with Richard. Okay. Which is, he just spews exposition and it's it's so silly. But the things he's cool. saying, he's the things character. he's saying are so stupid. And in the like in terms of the movie, they're like gospel. It's absurd. I guess I, I agree that like it's a little bit of a jump to make. But I think Thomas saying that's the face I've seen in my dream. I've seen that before, and him being like, oh, maybe this is what's in your house. No, not maybe. This is what's in. This your is house. the source of the haunting. This must be the source of the haunting. No question. I don't know. I still think that it makes logical sense. So what they do is they go to the smart Asian ex-boyfriend of Linda, Daniel. That's my favorite part of the movie, actually. When he, when he goes, she's like, I didn't, 
like, I only dated him, I went on one date with him because he gave me some information. And Richard's oh, Richard's like, like ribbing her about he's it. He's ribbing her about it. He's like, oh, I thought you went on two dates with him. And she's like, it's not important. And it's just, that's when I was like, oh, Richard and her are friends. Like they have. But they've a, never they met. Have, it doesn't matter. They've hey, 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 don't, don't be down on internet friends who never met. Like they're buddies, they're friends. They talk online and he, they presumably have this conversation where she's gone, went on two dates with this guy, even though she was only obligated to go on one. And told Richard about it. And told Richard about it because they're friends. And I, I like, that's my favorite moment is his, him rubbing her. Maybe because Thomas is not involved. Also, Richard is like 50 years older than her. So? Okay. Just he's, not, he's not 50. He's probably 30 years older than her. Okay. It's Bruce Davison. It's several he's like Bruce Davison. Yeah. He's a, he's, I think he's funny and I think they're funny together. And then they go see Daniel, who is... Uh, the probably the comic relief. He's got he's sassy. He's got a, he's got a techno lab. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna analyze this book. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Maybe this book came from the altar. Oh, maybe. Maybe this book came from the basement of the that house. Makes sense. Yeah, they're gonna analyze this book with technology. Um, translate it, right? Translate. Yeah, it. they're translating it. His and computer he's like, is called Hey Linda. Daniel Master Control V1.5. His username is Steam Master. <laughs> It literally says translation GUI graphic user interface on his screen. It's like, this is my translation GUI. It's like so silly. For a, for a tech nerd, which he's supposed to be, he is like the shittiest setup I've ever seen. He's like, yeah. I wrote this code. I'm real proud of it. He's an asshole. You like, like this movie yeah. too much. I, I, don't, I don't like the movie. I like the characters. I like um, when they become a team and I like when they have to stay up. They have to wait all night for the, it to translate enough for them to be able to read it. So then there's a scene of Richard and Daniel napping on the, like they're sleeping on the couch together. There's a time-lapse montage of them doing shit there while they're is. waiting for this to translate. Yes, but then they're sleeping. And then Linda and Thomas have their moment, their romantic moment, which made me angrier than I've like ever been, except at the very end of this movie, which we'll, we'll get to. But this was the angriest I've been so far in the movie, which is that like, one, Linda, Linda could do better than him. Like we all know that, but... She likes him for whatever reason. They've gone through stuff together. They're having like yeah. a moment. So they're, it's the middle of the night. They're translating this book. It's time. F- and Richard and uh, Daniel are sleeping together on the couch, um, snoring. And so it's, it's the moment. This is the time when Linda can be like, hey, I'm really happy that I'm doing this with you. Yeah. And uh, they, can, they have their almost kiss. And then, like a fucking idiot, Thomas is like, oh, I actually can't be romantically involved with you because I have a dream princess who needs me. And I just like, I couldn't do it. I could not deal that Linda is like beautiful. And I think she's funny and she's a very, like, I think she's a strong character. Like she kind of comes in knowing what she wants to do. And she, like I said, I like that inner, I like the interaction between her and Richard. I think she's the best character in this movie. She I think she's is. still kind of dumb. And they're all, it's, they're all tropes and they're all dumb, but she's the best out of all of them. And she likes him and he's like, no, no, I want my like baby faced porcelain doll with weird eyelashes and the craziest fucking costumes we've ever seen. I need to go be in, with her in the dream. Like I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I couldn't. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. And it's. It's honestly actually bad writing also. It, it, it couldn't even write like, hey, I really like you, but I gotta figure out what's going on here because like I can't even be away from this house without feeling like I'm gonna die. So like, this can't happen right now. You know, that would even be more of a realistic thing. But him being like, I can't, I have a princess is insane. So they translate the book. They do. And a couple things happen. They find out a thing about like, 
Iblis, and then Linda's like, oh, like, Satan, and Richard's like, no, like, Azazel. It's, like, the stupidest, I don't know. Like, weird, like, they find out that this is all about, like, Islamic right. and religion. So it's very mixing of religions. So, like, Sleeping Beauty, I don't know if you knew this, listeners, but Sleeping Beauty is an Islamic, uh, Islamic text. <laughs> In what way, also? Like, how? I hate this. I don't understand it. And the other thing they find out is they, they translate, the blood of our line shall open the gate. Bloodline. Bloodline. So Bloodline. they decide to go back to the house and he's going to bleed on some shit and open the gate. So the three of them, Richard, Linda, and Thomas, go back Daniel, to the house. Yeah. Daniel's going to keep translating because it's a whole book that Which they got Which is gotta... so stupid because why wouldn't they wait? That's, that's their big problem is they don't wait. They don't wait because Thomas is dying. He I has to be closer to Briar Rose. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I also wrote down, I guess the production design is okay. This is what got so bad, though. This is when the production right. night gets really fucked. So they bad. go into the. I want to. I want to zoom into this. Mm-hmm. They go to the house. They open this stupid thing with the blood on the altar. An altar. It opens up. It opens up. They go into a series of rooms, and the rest of what we're going to talk about happens in this series of rooms in the basement of this house. So this is the climax of the movie. So the first one. I don't know. It looks like a laboratory. They split up also. Don't, not, not yet. They not don't yet. split up until they, yeah. The first one's like a laboratory. They spend no time in this. They hear growling noises, so they go that way. Thomas says, Rose said, I'm no longer protected once I'm near this veiled demon. I could die in here. To which Richard responds, well, that makes three of us. Which is perfect. <laughs> Thomas is <laughs> because like, Thomas is like, I could die. I could die. Richard's like, yeah, we I know. That's what die. we're doing. <laughs> See, I like Richard. Richard knows what's going on. They're going through this hallway. It's dark. They see a thing crawling on the ground. <laughs> Richard on the ground? says, "Very matter of fact." But the, what? What are they? What's crawling on the ground? They see something crawling on the ground. Richard says, "Matter of factly, now that was a gin." Then he shines a flashlight on it. It dis- it runs away. Thomas is like, "What did you just do?" And he says, "I banished it back to the hell he came from." <laughs> and he doesn't. Right? Like I it, don't know what happened. It just goes it just goes into a different room. Correct. Like But Richard says I banished him back to the hell he came from. <laughs> doesn't he say something? You were not paying attention doesn't to this he, movie. No, doesn't he say something? Doesn't he say a spell? Maybe he sees he says, he says a spell. He shines a light on him, a flashlight. Uh, but he also says a spell. That's the part of, that's the banishing part of it, but I don't think it actually works. I wrote a whole paragraph of notes here. So anyway, they're going through this. They're in this I called it the hospital from hell room. Because it looks like it's a lot like the scariest parts of this movie, to its credit, I guess, just stole all their aesthetics from Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like it's like this bloody hospital. There's like gurneys. There's like it's gruesome, and there's mannequins everywhere. It is. And they decide so. the best course of action is to start pulling all the like there's um, shrouds, which are just like blankets, oh, yes. covering all these mannequins' heads. We're just gonna start pulling them off. Well, because they're, and it's because they're all scared. They're like, what's behind the blanket? And then they slide it off really slowly, and it's a mannequin every time. And then Linda decides. This is the big, this is the big reveal of why there's fucking mannequins everywhere. Linda decides when she pulls one off that it's her brother. Even though they all look the same. She knows somehow. She knows somehow, whatever. But so that's, that's the thing. That's why it still doesn't really explain why there's mannequins and why they're mannequins specifically. Like this is, this is where this movie makes absolutely zero sense because we've decided, right? We've come to the decision via Richard and Daniel, mostly Richard, that this is like religious. Yes. 
So why are there why are they mannequins? If they were stone statues, sure, we could get it. I mean, it's, that's, it's supposed to be like the modern version of like when you walk into the witch's house and there's and the, all the people turn to stone, like in the Lion Witch and the Wardrobe. The witch Medusa? No, like Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. She oh. turns all her people into yeah, stone. Yeah, fair. So like, there's like a, there's that whole aspect of how that's the trope of like. Yes, and, and of Medusa, of like. But they all look the same. It's not like yes. they're themselves frozen. Yes. They're just, they're just replaced mannequins. by mannequins. Yes. But so then they come to life. They gotta fight them off. Yeah. You could defeat these mannequins. They turn from the like living, like what's clearly like a person in like a bodysuit back into plastic. When you hit them on the back with an axe or like anything blunt, you don't have to like hurt them, but if you hit them on the back, They'll like turn into plastic again, and like their body parts will fly They'll everywhere. Fall over, yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> um, can we get to her? Can we get to the veil demon? No, because then she has to kill Luke. her brother. Her, Luke, her brother's name is Luke. Linda's brother's name is Luke. She has to kill him, and then she's crying in Richard or, um, in Thomas's arms about it. But then they decide like, no, we got to get what we came for, which I guess is Briar Rose. Yeah. Their motivation yeah. seems to be... He has to kiss her. Well, Linda wants to find her brother, and she did that. Richard exactly. is there to help Linda. Thomas wants to kiss Richard, the sleeping no, girl. Richard is there to help both of them. Richard is there to be like, to banish them back to the hell they came from and be the religious text person in the room. Okay, so they're like, okay, we made it out of this room full of mannequin monsters. We're going into the next room. Smash cut to Daniel sitting at his computer. <laughs> Translation coming up on the screen. He's like reading it. And he's like seeing what it is. He, he wakes turns up, he? to the camera and says, oh no. Literally. He looks into the fucking camera <laughs> and says, oh no. Okay, whatever. Back to so the basement So house. something's going wrong. Something's something gone wrong. has gone wrong. That they didn't wait. To your point, they should have fucking waited yes. to read the rest of the, the text. The whole book. No. Who cares if Thomas is going to die? I don't care. Who said Thomas is going to die? You, that's why they had to, that's why they had to leave immediately when they had oh, one answer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, because he's dying when he's away from Briar Rose. Yeah, I don't care. So they go into it. Now, the Richard quotation, quote, this is it. This is the final chamber. And there she is, the veiled demon. And she's spinning. How do you, how do you know it's the fucking final chamber? <laughs> how? And it's not. It's not. That's it's the not thing. The final chamber. He's like, this is it, the final chamber. Like, he's a character in a video game. <laughs> and she's on a fucking spinning she wheel. She's making mannequins. She's making mannequins on a, on a sewing on machine. On a spinning wheel. A sewing machine. Yeah. I guess. No, that's not a sewing machine. Spinning wheels aren't sewing machines. Spinning wheels are how you make thread. Yeah, he's not, she's not spooling stuff, though. She's making mannequins, <laughs> somehow. She's hunched over on the ground, by the way, in a pile keep, of mannequin parts. Yeah, and then she keeps throwing heads and, like, arms behind her that I guess she'll assemble later. Why mannequins? Okay. Why? I don't... Then Richard finishes his line, and Briar Rose must be lying asleep just beyond those doors there. We can't even see the door that he's talking about. <laughs> Richard is just like saying things and he's yeah. right. He's, he's right 100% right. of the time. We have no idea why he's like He must have studied this. He must have there must be some text where like this makes sense to him. How the fuck do you know that Richard? What the hell is wrong with you? I hate you. No, I love From him. my notes. That's rude. You know That's who I, rude? You know who I really, That's rude. rude about him. He's a nice guy. You know who I really hate? The fucking veiled demon. Okay, so they start Thomas has to sneak off. Can we talk about the veiled demon for a second? Can we just not talk about the plot of this movie? No, because Thomas isn't part of this. Yes, he is. He's, he's waiting for a second. He's watching it happen. The plan Bri is Thomas is going to go to the room beyond those doors and there and find Briar Rose. And they're going to distract him. And they're going to distract him. she says, she's like, I can hear you. Like, doesn't she say that? Yes. She's the one where she's like, I can hear you. She talks like this. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, I know. Okay, so Thomas, 
you go that way. Uh, and she's like, I can hear you, you idiots. Like, I know that you're there. And she is just the worst. Like, I wrote down that this reminds me of Insidious, which my least favorite part of Insidious is when you see, like, the devil or the demon or whatever the... The Darth Maul The big demon. bad... Yes, the Darth Maul demon. The big bad person who's been hanging over your heads. I hate seeing them. That's when Insidious goes downhill. Yes, it does. The and last half hour. And this movie's already been going downhill. But it this was, was never good. It was never good. But this, this is where I was like, please kill me because... I hate her. She is one of the worst character designs I've ever seen. Like, genuinely so bad. She, is she wrapped in, like, rags? I guess. Like, she's kind of like, wrapped yeah. in rags. She just kind of looks... Is she just, supposed to be, like, a mummy? I don't know. I, I don't know. She's just awful. And if there was anything that was scaring me in this movie, like, the mannequins were scary. Some of the jump scares were actually pretty, like, surprising. Mm -hmm. She just erases any horror that I was ever feeling. She looks really stupid. She's really bad. So that's terrible. She fights Linda and Richard. Kind of, they talk for a while. And then she's like, I answer to no mortal. <laughs> <laughs> and she, does she like, she can yeah. like force throw them up against walls. Yes. Yeah, she's like doing that. Meanwhile, Thomas is sneaking away to the chamber. Yes, and Briar Rose is there. She's asleep. She's in like, like an incubation tape? A Snow White-esque casket. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Which is, which a I casket, that's sort of I always kind of forget that both of that, like both of those fairy tales have like a sleeping girl who needs to get kissed. This was more Snow White because she's inside like a glass container. But it's it looks more medical than protective. It looks like he has to kind of go into it and like yeah. turn a big thing. He's to doing open it, it up. So slowly also. Yes. Like presumably his friends are like dying in the other room and all him kissing her is like like it'll presumably save them and he's like oh oh okay uh no urgency mm, at all oh let me look 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 at her for a second oh she's so beautiful she's wearing like a bindi also yes she's got a little gold wearing... bindi going up her forehead uh and her ridiculous eyelashes she's she looks kind of a little bit more like poor than she's looked before <laughs> but she still looks like fucking rich and gaudy so it's just ridiculous character design again so he opens up the casket and he kisses her and nothing, nothing happens. happens she also rolls out oh she does the casket like opens and then he keeps turning the crank and it goes like doo -doo 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 -doo, and she like kind of folds out of it they can't see what you're doing i know i'm I, I, that's why i made the noise and she kind of like rolls out of it uh and so then he can kind of lean over her. He doesn't have to, like, get inside the thing. He leans over and kisses her and nothing, nothing happens. Nothing happens. You know why? Bloodline. 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 So he cuts himself. He bites his lip, which is like, people who've bit their own lips, you'd have to really gnaw on yourself to get yourself to bleed. And he just kind of goes like, mm, ow. And then it's like, <laughs> and then it's like bleeding. Like, and profusely. kisses her with bloody lips. Yeah. Because bloodline. And it works. And it works. She wakes up. But guess what, motherfucker? Well, no, she, then she's like, she's, she stops, she's like, she wakes up, she gets up and she's like, thank you, Thomas, and she kisses him again, and again, I just got such weirdo, creepy vibes, because she looks like a little, like a, a baby. little girl, and she's kissing him, and the kiss she gives him is so weird and obligatory, and like, non- romantic or sexual no. it's just really weird and then she's like thank you and then her eyes pop open and they're black surprise she's evil she's like, a gin she's evil and she's so happy now she gets to take over the world so she goes out of the antechamber does she like incapacitate him in some way 
I don't know. He's like, he crawls out of the room when he does. I don't yeah. know what happens. Maybe she, she like throws him up against the wall. Throws him against the wall. Goes out, rips the heart out of the veiled demon. <laughs> like just oh, yeah. in one swift motion, rips her heart out. Thomas is like crawling. Uh, what's he say? I quote, Rose is evil. You have to stop her. <laughs> <laughs> At Linda and Richard. Who probably have no power. They yeah. have no power to stop that. That doesn't make any sense. And then, I don't really know what, I don't remember what happens, but she says, or Linda's like challenging her like, how, what are you doing? We find out through some exposition that, like, she's been trapped here and, like, the Kaiser family has been tied to her somehow. And that's why, like, only they could free her. I don't remember. Whatever. This is where I was rolling my eyes so far back into my head that I couldn't see. Rose says, I, I can, in my mind, I'm sure the listener could picture this also. She's, like, got her arms out and she's, like, rising up out of, like, supreme power. Yeah, I don't know if like that's the real. the wind is blowing at her. The wind is, yeah, yeah, it's Literally like. The thing I remember is that she's standing on some kind of altar. I don't know how she gets there. And the, and something is, like, swirling, like, yeah. a, like a tsunami kind of twister thing. And she's, like, basking in it. She says, I would kill you, but I want you to stay to see all of the darkness I have to show you. Yes. And then I wrote down, stop using buzzwords from Islam. Because <laughs> the last line of this movie, Thomas is on the floor, Linda and Richard are like recoiled in horror, and she's like looking, Briar Rose is looking evil. The last line of this movie is, soon you will all awaken and bring about my Kiamat, which is the end of the, yeah. the Judgment Day. Yeah. Um, so she's, she's Muslim. Like, well, I don't know what we're supposed to be. She's a Muslim sleeping beauty demon. But she's white. Let's be. But cl- she's let's clarify. She's white, white porcelain. As, she's porcelain. We yeah. keep saying like she's a doll. She's a little white doll. And that's in the movie. Is that yep. they freed this demon? I guess they were trying to build an interest for their sequel. Like I don't know what the I fuck. Can't like imagine what the sequel would be. She's all powerful, and they freed her, and they're gonna die. Like, that's it. That's, that's fucking that's it. The movie. This movie's yeah. And like I, I did think that like there was some logical sense. I know that like the the whole religious aspect plus the mannequins didn't really make sense and like didn't really have there was no real cohesion this movie went off a cliff at the end yeah. like it really lost anything it had going for it it didn't set up her being sinister at all I, honestly i did write down i really hope that she's evil like i because that would be halfway, more interesting halfway through the movie i was like there's no way she's just gonna wake up and then they're gonna get married like no like they're like like I was saying before, he and Linda at least make some logical sense as a couple. They're both they have human no chemistry. People. Don't pretend they have chemistry. No, but a movie would do that. This movie would particularly put them together, even if they didn't have chemistry. Like that would make sense. Her being like there was no logical way that he could wake her up and they could be together. Like that's here's not what happens. Happen. So I know here's how we evil. here's how we find out this information. It cuts back to Daniel reading the text, talking about how Thomas's bloodline bloodline, bloodline. is going to bring about the apocalypse and then it cuts back to her being like now you will all awaken to see my Kiamat or right, whatever. Right, 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 right. Still doesn't really make sense. There's nothing leading up to that. There's no... Like, like we said at the beginning, it's Egyptian. Like there's It's no, Egyptian at the beginning, yeah. There is no cohesion to any of this cultural... I mean, there are Muslims in Egypt. That's not what She's the, not one. Well, that's not what the signifiers are using of fucking obelisks and... No. Anubis and shit, like yeah. no, yeah. no. That's and a- then there's and then there's other times where she's in the dream. She's not always Egyptian in the dream. Sometimes she's like standing by a beautiful lake. Like we don't know where she is. She's in some kind of like weird cultural mess of a fantasy land. And like, I don't know. I really truly do not understand what the end of this movie even means. Like, so 
I don't really want to decipher what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's, so this is a this is a haunted house movie that becomes religious. Religious. Which is to be fair happens a lot. There are a lot of haunted house movies where the it, it turns out to be something you know, about the it's not like usually, Christianity. It's not usually Islam. I would applaud it if this movie weren't so fucking offensive. Yes. That's true. Is that like I'm thinking of like like the the regular old haunted house movie like anything The Conjuring specifically is like yes. very 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 Catholic. Sp- yes, specifically Christianity um, demons, God, all of that, exorcisms, and typically it is the exorcisms. I don't, yeah. This is like trying to do something different and just failing miserably by having the only person of color in the movie is Daniel. Yes. And he's Asian, um, which is its own stereotype yes. because he's really smart. He's and the nerdy Asian, yeah. <laughs> so Though like, he, he is sexy. He's sexier. Credit to this movie. Yes, he's, he's... No, he's dressed in all black. He's kind of like, he's kind of like funny and like... And he and Linda did date, and the and the the idea of it is that he like she went on another date with him because, because she did like yeah. him. Um, so no, kudos to this movie for that. Yes, but also he's he's the nerdy hacker, and and that's it. And there's no he's what he's the nerdy hacker. He's the nerdy hacker. Got yeah. it. So he's not. He's yeah. the sexy hacker. Yeah. So they combine. They Who combine looks there. into the fucking camera to say, "Oh no." <laughs> I don't remember that part. It happened. Yeah. So it's a mess. Manic and monsters. Nothing to do with Sleeping Beauty, as far as I can tell. Not really. There's a woman who's asleep, and, and there's a spinning wheel. Needs to be kissed. The spinning wheel is such a shoe. It's like a shoehorned thing, though. Yeah. It specifically doesn't make any sense. She's making mannequins on a spinning wheel, and like, she's a demon. But what does that even mean? Like the, the thing that really bothered me about this is that usually when there's a character who's like evil, somebody was pro- somebody was protecting. It looks like they're keeping them captive, but really they're, like, protecting the world. Yeah, so this evil djinn making mannequin monsters is not evil? She was protecting everybody? Is she a djinn? I don't know. Is Briar Rose a djinn? I don't know. Are they both djinn? I don't know. Djinny? I don't know. (laughs) Are they warish? Djinny? I hate this movie. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. That's That's really the crux of it, is that, like... Like I said, I think it was making sense up to a, up to a point, and then it started making less sense, and this part just doesn't make any sense. There's, and then it just ends. And you know what? I want to be clear. There are fun, enjoyable movies that don't make sense. This is not one of them. No. It's very dry. It, like I said, it takes itself too seriously, with the exception seriously. of like the Daniel stuff, really. The Daniel stuff, and like I said, the, the, the law office in the very beginning was fun. Yeah, there's moments of banter, but it, it, it thinks it's like a, a serious movie. movie. It thinks yeah. it's scary. And it, this is the thing. It is scary. It thinks it's smart. I think that there are six total minutes of runtime that are scary. Yeah. And yeah. they have to do with mannequins. But both you, both you and I were separately scared. were yeah. scared. I yeah. was scared watching it by myself. Specifically, like, by myself. I don't know. Mannequins are weird. Mannequins specifically. I think if it was, like, something, like, less sinister, I guess. Or, like, like we were talking about. The, the, if they were ogres, I would have been, like... If they were monsters. If yeah. they were, like, weird character design wolf people yeah it would, it would not have been scary. not at all there's something about mannequins that really adds something which is why they, which, why that's why they did it yeah they were like this because it's scare people but it doesn't make any and sense. because they played silent hill and we're like <laughs> this would be a great movie yeah. also if we incorporated some beauty and islam somehow <laughs> this will be a great movie i think that's all we really have to say about the curse of sleeping beauty it was not a not a winner don't watch it guys don't don't do it i gave it one star on Netflix. Oh, 
I didn't rate it. I rated it because I was like, don't show me this shit ever again. <laughs> what a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Can I say one thing I liked about it? Sure. The score. The score had me. I, I, I stopped paying attention as much to it as, it, as time wore on. Mm-hmm. But there was a very, very, very long credit sequence in the beginning. Uh, like super long, five minutes probably, showing like these are like more so than I think people usually do in in uh, credit sequences. It was like it showed everybody. It was like intern number one mm-hmm. in, the, in the credit sequence, but the so, the music was pretty cool. I think it was it was like a very haunted and um, yeah. I wrote I don't remember what I wrote down, but something it was there was like lots of operatic kind of choral music, and I thought it worked. And it uh, like I said, it's short. And the music was okay, and there was some fun-ish banter throughout. Not enough to save it. Sorry, Sleeping Beauty. So, listeners, if you happen to have suffered through this movie, maybe before you, you heard our warnings, you should go ahead and tweet us. Yes. The Twitter is at NowScreamingPod. You can email us, too, at NowScreaming at gmail.com. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you, because yeah. I mean, especially if you thought we were wrong about anything, like... Let us know if you love Richard like me, or you loved Thomas for some reason. I want to hear. If, I want to hear about it. If you are Ethan Peck, uh, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> Please email us I and tell us what it was like to make this movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you were involved in this. I'm yeah. sure you're a great person. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Same. I mean, Natalie Hall too. Everyone, everyone, yeah. I'm sure, are, are great people. Just this, the writing of this movie was not great. Maybe not Perry Teo. I don't know about him. No, Perry Teo, don't email us. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to writing comic books about movies that you made. <laughs> that you won't want to make or will make. As always, we have a roulette set up to choose the next movie we're going to watch. Randomly selected. From all available movies currently streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and hit that there. Ready? Next week's movie will be Rites of Spring. Rites of Spring. Rites of Spring is a 2011 American horror film. It's got a pretty cool poster that looks pretty 70s. It does look really cool. Fear has a season is the tagline. Yeah, this looks this looks interesting. So I'm going to go in knowing almost nothing about this. Me this, too. This That's how I like to do it, yeah. So next week, join us again for Rites of Spring. Be sure to check out our website at nowscreaming.com. And subscribe on iTunes. Or if that's not your speed, check us out on SoundCloud at now-screaming-podcast. And again, please follow us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Retweet us. Interact. We want to hear from you at nowscreamingpod. And uh, yeah, again, stay tuned. And we're hoping to have some, some really good content. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. We're really excited about the, the future of this podcast. Yes, this we has are. Been it's you been know, fun we, so far. We've had the good and we've had the bad. and <laughs> in, in only two episodes. That's been pretty exciting. <laughs> there's going to be a lot to come. So, Thank you again to Jonas Seleka. Just Jonas Seleka, who composed our great music. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again to you for listening, yeah. and we hope you come back. And thank you, Wes Craven. For everything. For everything. For making movies better than The Curse of Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> All right. Till next week, everyone. Bye. Right, thanks. <laughs>